We'll take our text this morning from the Scripture reading. Hebrews chapter 1, we'll read just the first two verses. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. God's greatest desire has always been to have fellowship and communion with man. The whole reason man was created was so God could have companionship and fellowship. We know the relationship between Adam and Eve and God in the garden was a beautiful unbroken relationship where uh, those lines of communication were open and it said that God would come in the cool of the day and he would walk and he would talk with Adam. What a beautiful time that must have been. But of course we know sin entered in and as a result that Communication was shut down. Those lines were severed through the disobedience of man. The God has always, always strives to communicate with man. Tells us here that at sundry times or at different times and in diverse manners or in different ways, God has always implemented a plan for communicating with man. In times past, I mentioned that the fathers, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets, but then in these last days, he spoke to us through his son, Jesus Christ. So we see both the Old and New Testament bearing out this fact that God has always wanted to have communication with man. Good communication is important, certainly. We would all agree It's how we express ourselves to others. You know, the problem is that a lot of times communication is more than just one person giving instructions. It also requires listening. That's a critical element to good communication, Uh, not just a set of instructions being given, but uh, understanding what's being said and acting upon what is being said or commanded. There's something called passive listening, where one man describes it as kind of listening cafeteria style, where you kind of take a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and you're not really paying attention, and you just kind of take what you want to hear and disregard the rest. Unfortunately, people are guilty of that. I've probably been guilty of that myself at times, not really paying attention to what's being said. One man described it like this. He was talking about a conversation that a parent is having with his teenager. He says, passive listening goes something like this. This is the adult. If you'll make all A's and B's on your next report card like you did 10 years ago when you were in kindergarten, I'll give you $50 next month. That's what the father said. This is what the child heard. Since you made all A's and B's on your report card when you were in kindergarten, I'm going to give you $50 a month for the next 10 years. That's passive listening at its best. What was being communicated wasn't being heard properly or acted upon. So, you know, when God communicates to us, we want to be attentive to what he has to say. We don't want to listen passively, but attentively and intentionally. We know, again, problems are solved through good 
communication. Man's problems are solved when communication occurs between God and man. God's Word gives us direction. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy path. So, again, God communicates and He gives us direction. We know communication is important for getting jobs accomplished. Psalm 32, verse 8 says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. So again, we can see here, uh, the Lord will teach us and instruct us if we'll listen. He helps us to know what to do. Most importantly, of course, it's critical to salvation. People don't just one day wake up saved. The Lord initiates that conversation or that contact, but we must respond to the voice of the Lord. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we see it. We must confess. We must have a dialogue with the Lord. We must admit and repent and, and, and speak back to the Lord when He knocks on our hearts. The greatest strides probably in the whole world are certainly in the areas of communication. Seems like the potential and the possibility to communicate is, is limitless. You can talk to somebody now across the world in another part of the world, just a matter of moments. You know, we've come a long way from the smoke signal or the jungle drum. Obviously, communication has been greatly advanced. You know, when Rosie and I were younger and dating, we lived about three hours apart, and there was only two ways to communicate, the telephone and writing letters. And when I say telephone, I'm not talking about a mobile device. It was a telephone hooked into a wall jack. And sometimes if a person, if there was another phone in the same house in another room, a person could get on the receiver and actually listen to your conversation. Not a lot of privacy. And letter writing, you know, I know for a fact my penmanship was much better than it is now. My punctuation was probably a lot better, but it took some effort to communicate. It was worth the effort, by the way, but it did. It took a a little bit of extra work. Well, you know, communicating with God has never been easier than it is today. Why? Because it tells us in these last days God has chosen to speak to us Through His Son, it's because of Jesus. We have direct access to God the Father through Jesus the Son. You think about in the Old Testament when they'd have to bring those yearly sacrifices and they would have to depend upon the high priest to go in and to make atonement for their sin and there was all of these rituals and things they had to follow. Man could have a relationship with God, yes, but it was uh, not personal like we know now and there were a lot of things involved And of course, through obedience, man could still please God, but Christ provided such a better way when He came. He became that mediator for us. He became our intercessor, that high priest that offered up Himself once and for all so we can have direct access to God through Jesus Christ. Remember, as Christ was dying on that cross, and it says as He gave up the ghost and as that last, last drop of blood spilled to the ground there, it says there was a great earthquake and that 
earthquake, that veil of the temple was rent in twain and giving us access for the first time to the Holy of Holies. That was provided through Jesus Christ. We have that same access today through Jesus Christ. We don't have to go through the high priest. We don't have to offer those sacrifices over and over. Christ died once and for all for us. I think of all the different ways that God has used to communicate to man. Sometimes God uses children to speak to men. Jesus in the Gospels, he often talked to use the child as an example of what we're to be like. He says, unless you become as little children and believe like a little child, you can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. Of course, he was talking about their faith and their uh, trust. They don't complicate things or overthink things or overanalyze things. So he was using a child as an example of what our faith should be like. I thought of the account in Second Kings of Naaman. We all know that story well. Naaman was a great man. He was a mighty man of valor. He'd won some wonderful military victories, and uh, God had given him these victories, except he was, it says he was a leper. He had a desperate situation on his hands, and he, there was no hope. He didn't know what to do. But, of course, we know on the testimony and on the advice of just a small child that made there in his home, as she heard about his situation, she said, oh, would to God that he would go and see the prophet and God would heal him and recover him of his leprosy. So again, we know the account. He went down there to the prophet's house and received another set of instructions and he almost let his pride and his arrogance and his anger rob him of that blessing, but his servants reasoned with him and he finally went down and did what the man of God told him to do. Dipped seven times in that Jordan River and it says as he came up, he was made completely whole. What a wonderful victory that day. That was one of the greatest Old Testament miracles that you can read about. He was changed externally as well as internally. He made a vow that he would never worship any other God after that except the God of Israel. But none of that would have happened if it hadn't been for this small maid willing to share her faith and her testimony to Naaman and his wife. You know, we don't want to dismiss children especially if God uses them to speak to us. We want to be humble enough to listen. Often God uses just a small child to speak to adults. God uses adversity and trials at times to speak to us, to get our attention, to communicate to us. Psalm 119, verses 66 and 68 says, "'Teach me good judgment and knowledge, "'for I have believed thy commandments.'" Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. Thou art good and doest good. Teach me my statutes. You know, sometimes the Lord, he sends a storm or a difficulty our way because he needs to get our attention. This isn't just done out of punishment, but it's done out of love and concern for us. As a kid, you probably remember Maybe you did something, you misbehaved, and you knew you were in trouble. And back when parents still spanked their children, that's still okay, by the way. But do you remember your dad, your mom saying, this is going to hurt you or hurt me more than it hurts you? I didn't really believe it at the time. But as a parent, you begin to understand, you know, 
Parents don't take pleasure in disciplining their children, but they do because they love them. They want to correct them. And God, he feels the same way. So in his mercy and his grace, sometimes he allows some difficulties to come our way. Hebrews 12, 11 says, Now no chastening for the present seemeth joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Sometimes this is the only way the Lord can communicate with us, but he does it out of his love and his mercy. I think about the account of Jonah. You know, Jonah was a prophet of God. He was used to hearing God's voice. And you read in that account there, it says God spoke to Jonah directly. It says the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. And he told him exactly what to do. He says, go down to Nineveh and preach repentance. The only problem is Jonah didn't want to do what God instructed him to do. There was nothing wrong with the instructions. They were very clear. Jonah knew what God expected, but he decided he was going to do something different. So it said he boarded a ship on its way to Tarshish, and he paid the fare thereof. You know, he was unwilling to pay the price to go to Nineveh, but the price he paid to go the other direction cost him far more then it would have been so much easier just at the time just to do what God said. So God had to send some storms and some things to get Jonah's attention. It said that uh, as a result, he boarded that ship and God sent a storm and said he sent out a great wind into the sea. You know, the very one that holds the wind in his fists sent this storm and sometimes God allows things to happen to us, but We know God is always in control of that storm. Well, we know this went on. The the mariners there on that ship, they tried to fight the storm and they became fearful, afraid for their lives and began to throw things overboard and began to draw lots. And finally, a lot fell on Jonah and they realized that it was Jonah's fault that this great storm had come upon them. You know, sometimes storms have a way of revealing things in our lives that we need to see. And God did that. And Jonah, of course, he he told them. He said the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he told them. And after they rode and tried to do everything else, he finally told them, throw me overboard. And, of course, they did. And there was immediately a great calm. You know, that storm got those men's attention. It says after that, they made sacrifices unto the Lord and made vows unto God. These Heathen sailors saw the power of God in this storm and it spoke to them. And of course, God prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah up. And, you know, it says that he was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And finally, it says, from the belly of hell, I cried. Took him three days to come to his senses. And chapter two, verse one says, the Lord heard his voice. Aren't you thankful, even though sometimes we are slow to hear the Lord's voice when we get desperate enough, when we're willing to cry out to the Lord, God hears us immediately and God undertook. We know the story that that fish got a bad case of indigestion and he swam up there and said he vomited Jonah up on dry ground. You ever wonder what that must have been like? I kind of think maybe it was like being shot out of a cannon or something, but it was... Pretty unpleasant, but you know what? Delivery had come, and of course it had its desired effect. It said Jonah 
uh, was willing at that point to reopen those lines of communication with the Lord. You know, whenever there's a breakdown in communication between us and God, it's always on our part, never on the part of the Lord. But Jonah, it says there in verse 9, it says, But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And we know Jonah did what God commanded him to do after all that. And he went and he preached, and we know the results. It says that God saw their work, speaking of Nineveh, that they repented and they turned from the evil way. And God repented of the evil that he said he would do unto them, and he did it not. So the whole city was spared and saved as a result of Jonah finally doing what God told him to do. But sometimes God has to use difficulties to get our attention and to speak to us. Sometimes the Lord uses nature to speak to the heart of man. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus, when he was giving his Sermon on the Mount, he used the example of the fowls of the air. He says, consider the birds of the air. They sow not, nor do they reap or gather in a barge that your heavenly Father provides for them. And he was using that to make the point, how much more valuable are you to me than many, many sparrows? He was using nature as a way of expressing his love to mankind. He spoke about the lilies of the field. He says, consider the lilies of the field. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet Solomon in all of his glory wasn't arrayed like one of these. And again, he was using this as an example to express his divine love and care for us. Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. God speaks to us through His creation. Sadly and tragically, some people refuse to listen, and they can get to the point where they even will worship the creation rather than the Creator because they're not listening to God's voice. You know, I thought of Brother Nick Seeger's testimony. He'd been born and raised in a Christian home, and he had rebelled against his parents and that Christian upbringing, did things he knew were wrong, and started hanging out with the wrong people and just headed down that old road of sin. But one day he said he was walking to a dance one evening, and he passed the church there, and he heard the people inside singing and praising the Lord, and God spoke to him and said, you need to go inside. Well, he said he turned around and looked up in the sky and he pointed out the brightest star in that sky that he could see. And he said, Lord, if you want me to go to church, you'll let that star fall from the sky. He said, and as he lowered his arm, that star fell right along with it. God used nature, the elements, to speak to his heart. He said, God got his attention. Didn't get saved that night, he said, but from that moment on, he knew God knew exactly where he was and what he was doing. And later, through some other tragic circumstances, he was saved and God did uh, save him. But that was the turning point for him. So God can speak to us uh, through nature, through the elements. Often God will use the testimony of others to speak to our hearts. Psalm sixty-six, sixteen says, Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul, I thought of another testimony of Brother Charles Rodman, who was actually an ordained minister and a pastor of a church, went through 16 years of schooling and never knew how to be saved. He could quote you the Bible, he understood it in Greek and Hebrew, but he never knew a man could be saved from his sin and live a life of victory. 
That all changed one afternoon, he said, as he was walking in downtown Portland. He was here for a conference, and he happened upon a street meeting. And he said people were standing at their feet and telling about how Jesus came in and changed their lives when they repented of their sins and took out all of the sin and all of the defeat out of their life. And he said at that moment, it was like a light bulb went on. He said, that's what I've been looking for. He went and prayed with them that afternoon, didn't get saved at the church, but on his way back to his room that evening, he said the peace of God just stole over his heart and soul and he knew the Lord had saved him. But it was through those testimonies that the Lord spoke to his heart. Sometimes God chooses the foolishness of preaching. First Corinthians 1.21, it says, Please God, please God to choose the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Sometimes God chooses preaching as a way of speaking to people's hearts and souls. Again, Brother John Clasper thought of his testimony. He'd come here to Portland from uh, Scotland, he and his wife, and he'd been raised in a church. Again, didn't know anything about salvation, but he remembered sitting in a church meeting for the first time on a Sunday morning, and he said the preacher started preaching about hypocrisy. And he said it convicted him, and he left that place determined he would never go back. Well, the next Sunday rolled around, his wife invited him again, and he said, I'm never going back to that place. He said he went out and lit up a big cigar in the backyard. God spoke to him, and he said, you better go back. So he said they were late for the meeting, but you know what? They weren't late for the sermon. And wouldn't you know it, what was the preacher talking about? Hypocrisy. He said he felt like he was pointing his finger at him. He even asked his wife, why did you tell this guy about me? But... Spirit of the Lord was revealing the truth to him through the preacher. And he got up. He was so angry, he left again, determined to never go back. But he had to go to work that afternoon. And he said all throughout that day as he was adjusting the equipment in this machine room, all he could hear was, thou hypocrite, you hypocrite, you hypocrite. And finally, the conviction got so heavy, and he realized the words of the preacher were coming back to speak to his heart. And he Dropped to his knees right there at work, prayed in front of three of his co-workers, called out to the Lord, and God saved him in about two minutes' time. So sometimes God uses the foolishness of preaching to speak to hearts. I thought of all the other different ways God uses to speak to people. God called Moses through a burning bush. He rebuked the foolishness of Balaam by speaking through a donkey. Sometimes God uses songs and music to speak to us. Again, Brother Gary Bertram, I thought of his testimony. He said years before he was ever saved, uh, his dad had died unexpectedly, very quickly from a heart attack. And he said, of course, the whole family was just distraught. And he was sitting in his living room one afternoon just trying to figure out what had happened and Never knew anything about salvation. He was listening to a rock and roll station that broadcast out of Seattle. And he said, it seemed like out of nowhere, this lady came on that station and she began to sing Amazing Grace on a rock and roll station. And he says, he sat there. He says, tears began to come down his face and God began to speak to his heart. And he said, he looked back later, years after he'd been saved, God used that song to speak to him and start to reach out to him and comfort him. And uh, it wasn't just something random. God used that as a way to speak to his heart. Jesus, when he came into the city, 
during his triumphal entry and people were crying out and praising the Lord and the scribes said, make the people be quiet. Jesus said if they would hold their peace, even the very rocks would cry out. The Lord goes to great lengths to communicate to us. Most often God uses the word itself to speak to our hearts. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The entrance of God's words giveth light. God's word uh, contains uh, the keys to eternal life. Paul commanded the Bereans for daily searching the scriptures to compare what he was saying with the word of God. So we know God is faithful to speak to us through his word. Why does God go to such great lengths to communicate to us? Well, his word tells us why. It's because of his great love and compassion for mankind. The Bible says that it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, the Lord knows that on our own, we would be hopeless and lost and helpless without him. It says there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end of that way is death. So the Lord is willing to intervene. He's willing to reach out and open those lines of communication to us. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draweth him. So the Lord in his love and his mercy reaches out to us and communicates to us. God's word warns us of the dangers of ignoring that voice. Psalm 29, 1 says, He that being often reproved, hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. One of the most foolish and dangerous and reckless things you can do, and I don't think that can be emphasized enough, is to ignore the voice of the Lord. Tragically, people do it every day, but every time you turn your back on the Lord, you're gambling with your life. You're gambling with eternity. That's why God warns us, today is the day, now is the accepted time. You know, it's been said there's the hidden boundary between God's mercy and his wrath. Only God knows where that is, but it's possible to cross that point of, of no return. But uh, we don't have to get there. God is merciful. God extends mercy and grace even today. It tells us, exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Today is the day. Now's the accepted time. It says, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. So we know there's a warning there, but there's also a promise if we do listen to the Lord, if we do respond, Isaiah one eighteen says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Saith the Lord. That's God speaking this morning. He's saying, Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The Lord can save you today. The Lord can transform your life. If there's any fear, uh, any uncertainty about the future, you can get that settled with the Lord this morning. You know, if God is drawing a consecration out of your heart, give to the Lord what he requires. I know he's been faithful and he's made it very clear to you, but you know, if you just give the Lord that thing, God will bless you. He'll help you and strengthen you. This morning, we have an opportunity. The best way to commute 
communicate with the Lord is on our knees, and we have that opportunity here. These altars are open. The song is 183. Let's come and pray. Pray where you are. Call on the Lord today, and God will hear and answer your prayer.